0: Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are dedicated to helping you live your best life. And it's a journey that we call pursuing limitless life in Jesus. And we're doing it all for one reason so that our lives can impact the world. So, wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Welcome to No Limits Church. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Cade, and I'm the lead pastor here alongside my wife, Beth. She was up here singing. You saw her singing over here. But at No Limits, we're on this mission of making a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God. We want to help people find freedom, and we want to help people discover their purpose. In other words, we want to help you live the life that God created you to live, like He had a plan for you before you were even born, and we want to help you find it. And it's a journey. You don't get there overnight. But the cool thing is Ephesians 3.20 tells us that when we all come together as a group of people, as a church, and take the limits off of what he wants to do in our lives, he's going to He's going to blow our minds with what he can accomplish through us together. It's incredible. So that's what we're after. But for us to get to a place where we're living a no-limits life, we have to step into freedom. And that's what tonight's about. You see, we all have like personal struggles that seem impossible to shake. Finding freedom from the things that are holding you back though is what's gonna launch you into that life that God created you to live. And today's that first step towards freedom, and I'm really glad you're here. So I want you guys to go ahead and set your expectations right now that you're gonna hear something in today's message that's gonna launch you into freedom. Can you do that for me? Seriously, like expect it. I want you to just pull it on out of me. Pull it out of me. Go ahead and look at your neighbor and say, We gonna find freedom. We gonna find freedom. Now when you look at society as a whole, it seems that more and more people are depressed. Like they're kind of walking around with a lack of purpose, hating their life, hating what they're doing. And because of this, a lot of people are like self-medicating. They're looking for anything that'll help them escape their sorry life. And we're not just talking about like medications. We're also talking about like binge eating, binge watching Netflix, pornography, basically like people are just spending more and more time alone to try to escape their life. And we like to blame technology or the economy or the entertainment industry for all this, but it's none of that. It's actually, the Bible calls this a spirit of heaviness. So it's a spiritual thing that's going on, a spirit of heaviness. In Isaiah 61, there's a list of benefits that come with salvation. In other words, this is what Jesus came to bring us. Take a look, Isaiah 61, 3, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. In other words, there is a spirit of heaviness out there. Even though we're talking about something spiritual, you know that it's very real because you've probably experienced it in your life at some point, that spirit of heaviness. Here's the thing, though. The scripture doesn't say that Jesus came to take away the spirit of heaviness. It's still there, but he came to clothe you with joy so the spirit of heaviness that's out there doesn't affect your life. Isn't that cool? Let me say it to you this way. You can have joy in your life even when the things outside of you are not joyful. In the midst of all the political drama, you can put on your joy and walk around with a smile and walk around with peace. So I've got some good news and some bad news. I'll start with the bad news first so that we can get it over with. Our worldly culture is not going to get better. The entertainment industry is not going to clean up its act. Pornography is not going away. Drugs and opioids, they're not just going to disappear. I know that brought you a lot of hope, didn't it? But here's the good news what's on the inside of you is going to get better. It's a promise of Jesus. He's going to replace that dark stuff with light on the inside of you. He's going to drive out the depression and he's going to bring in joy. He's going to drive out bondage and bring in freedom. Jesus does all that on the inside. So while the world around us is going downhill, we can be going uphill because of what's going on on the inside of us. You don't have any control over what's going on outside. You can't control that. But it's time to take responsibility for what's going on on the inside because you can change that. So one of the main reasons so many people are depressed is because they've allowed what's on the outside to come inside. And the reason we do this is because we're promised that our life's gonna be better Whenever we bring all this stuff into our life, like we're told that taking the boundaries off of your sex life is going to make your life feel more alive and it's going to be more exciting. We're told that taking the limits off of our food and drink consumption is the only way to have fun in this life. They tell you that ignoring moral boundaries is going to bring freedom into your life. Anybody ever heard it? I know I have, but listen to me. It's a counterfeit. It's a lie. You may feel moments of freedom, but it's followed by shame. It's followed by guilt. And it's followed by an overall spirit feeling of heaviness. If you want a good visual, just think of that nice hangover you get after drinking too much alcohol. That's what it's like. And Jesus actually warned us of this deception. In John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. A lot of people have this backwards. They, They think that Jesus came to take away all of our fun and to live this boring life. And that's exactly what the devil wants you to think while he's stealing the things from you that really matter. The devil steals our joy, he steals our peace, he steals our energy, he steals our relationships, and he does this by distracting us with the lie that Jesus is the one that's stealing from us. Hear me on this, the devil is not here to make your life better. His one and only goal is to destroy you by stealing from you the things that really matter. But Jesus came so that you could have life and so that you could have it to the full. In other words, he doesn't want you to just survive. He wants you to thrive. But to experience this full life that Jesus talks about, we have to realize that Jesus is on our side. He's not against us. So there's no no instruction in the Bible that takes away life from us. Every instruction in the Bible is to give life to us. But if the enemy can get you to believe otherwise, he'll succeed in stealing your life away from you. Yeah, he's a little con artist. He really is. G- giving, all, giving in to all of my sexual desires, it sure sounds like freedom, but the Bible tells me to put a boundary around sex. One man and one woman in the context of marriage. I'm told that buying a bunch of stuff for myself is going to bring fulfillment into my life, but the Bible tells me that generosity is the only way to live life fulfilled. So I believe right now the Holy Spirit's like turning the light on, on the inside of us. We're starting to see that the, that the devil's been lying to us, and you're starting to get aggravated, and you're ready to like knock his lights out. Like, how did I fall for this stuff? Well, let's just knock them out together. That's what we're here for today. I'm going to give you three things to help you establish truth in your life so that the devil can't steal from you and no more. Let's put a stop to that. You see, the devil has one goal, to get you to live contrary to the Word of God. And anything that's contrary to the Word of God, we call sin. So don't let that word sin scare you. All it is is everything the devil promotes. That's like his product, sin. And here's the, the three things you need to know about sin. And if you have your message notes, here's where you can start filling those in. Sin steals our joy. And by joy, I'm not talking about being slap happy all the time. I'm talking about living your life with guilt without guilt. Without shame. You're not hiding anything. You're not worried that somebody's going to find out. And I love how the psalmist wrote about this in Psalm 32. Oh what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. That's so good. Ah, oh, so good. And the next part is actually equally as encouraging, because you're going to find out that you're not the only one that struggles. Take a look at what David wrote next. He said, when I refused to confess my sin, oh, you mean I'm not the only one that does that? My body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. We all know what that feels like. We've all done it. We've all been there. But here's the way out. He says, finally. Somebody, some of you ought to say, finally, today. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you, and I stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. The lie that we believe is that keeping our sins secret is what's going to keep us out of trouble. But the only way to get rid of the guilt is to bring your sin out into the open. Simply say, hey, God, I own it. I messed up. Thank you for forgiving me. I step into that forgiveness. And here's how the psalmist sums it up. He says, many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad, all you who obey him. Shout for joy, all you whose hearts are pure. So hold on to your sin and you get sorrow. Confess your sin, and God's going to bring great joy into your life. You think confessing your sin is going to bring sorrow, but no, 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 no. It's going to bring freedom. All right, here's the next one. Sin kills our relationships. You think it only affects you, but it's only a matter of time until it affects your spouse, your kids, your coworkers, your church. Sin will always lead you down a path of loneliness because it just slowly chips away at every relationship, starting with the ones that matter most. The most interesting thing about this is relationships are actually what keep us out of trouble in the first place. Take a look at this. Hebrews 3.13 says, But encourage one another daily so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. If the enemy can kill your relationships, it causes you to be numb to sin. Like you don't even care that you're stealing anymore. You don't even feel shame whenever you watch that raunchy TV show anymore. You just don't even feel it. But there's a way out of this. And here's the way you find freedom. Confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. Can you see it? Relationships are how we find and stay in freedom. We need a relationship with God, and we need a relationship with other believers. It's no wonder there's an all-out attack on our relationships. If the enemy can kill your relationship with your spouse, get you frustrated with the people at work, and get you mad at me for confronting you with the truth today, then he wins, because there's no freedom without relationships. If you have believed that like building relationships is a, is a waste of time, I hope that your eyes have been open today. The key to living a life of freedom is building open and honest relationships with other believers. And here's the last one. Sin destroys our identity. You were created in the likeness of God. You were created to stand tall, to reign in life, and to walk around with confidence because you're a child of the living God. Yet most Christians have an identity more like this one, found in Psalms. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I am bowed down and brought very low. You've taken on this identity of, well, my parents lived a poor, miserable life, so that's who I am. My dad was a drunk, so that's who I am. I was talking to a friend not too long ago about being a parent, and we both have multiple kids, and we realized we're not really parents, we're referees. Time out. We don't pull our sister's hair. Like, we don't eat things out of the trash. Yeah, we don't do that. You get the idea. Like, kids are in constant need of direction, right? They tend to make wrong decisions quite frequently, but when they mess up, the thing that we need to remember is, yes, what they did is wrong, but it's not who they are. And I want to tell you the same thing today. What you did was wrong, but it's not who you are. And I love how Joyce Meyer says it. She says, you got to learn to separate your who from your do. What, so, what somebody does has nothing to do with who they are. What you've done has nothing to do with who you are. What your parents did has nothing to do with who you are. What your parents said about you has nothing to do with who you are. You are a child of the living God. You were created on purpose and for a purpose. And because of Jesus, God sees you as clean, He sees you without fault. That's who you are. You're God's masterpiece. You're His masterpiece. So I think we all get it, right? Sin sucks. Like, it literally sucks the life out of you. So what can we do to get sin out of our life and live a life of freedom? Well, it's actually really simple. And the word I'm about to show you in the Bible has a lot of negative connotations because it's been used by a lot of Christians to make people feel bad when they're not living their life for God. And this word can even make you feel like, is it even possible to live my life for God, whether you've been in church for a long time or this is your first time? You've probably heard this word before. Acts 3.19, now Repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. So that's how we normally hear this is, repent or you're going to hell. Turn or burn, people. Turn or burn. But you know what the word really means? It means, hey, you're headed in the wrong direction. Turn around. God is this way. This way. It's kind of like when you're going the wrong way and your Maps app on your phone says, hey, do a U-turn the next chance you get. And it's as simple as that. The scripture is simply saying, hey, instead of turning towards sin, instead of running towards sin, turn around. Turn around and move towards God, then your sins are going to be wiped away. And the very next scripture tells us the benefit of living that kind of life. Then times of refreshment will come in the presence of the Lord. We tend to think that repenting of our sins is going to weigh us down, but it actually frees us. It brings refreshment. It washes away all the guilt, all the regret, all the shame. And this is what it feels like to repent of your sins. Psalm 32, what happiness for those whose guilt has been forgiven? What joys when sins are covered over? What relief for those who have confessed their sins and God has cleared their record? Happiness, joy, relief. All of this can be yours if you just learn the art of repenting instead of hiding. So I want to break this down into a few things that you can do every day because. I don't know about you, but I need like some practical things. It's like, okay, this sounds good, Kate, but the word repent, I don't use that in my everyday language, so how do I really do this every day? So let me give you three practical steps, and here's the first one. Daily pursue God's plan for my life. If you wake up in the morning and your first thought is, God, today I choose to follow your plan for my life. I don't want what the world has to offer. I'm not going to live like anybody else thinks that I should live. I want your plan. For my life. This is like the ultimate decision of repentance because you're waking up and what are you doing? You're turning your face towards God. I'm going to go God's direction. And here's how the Bible explains it in Psalm 32. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So that's actually Romans 12 too. I got my slide wrong. I just want you all to know that because that's a good scripture and you need to know where it's at. Romans 12 too. I was like, that's not in Psalm. But it's so good. Like, but if you're sitting there wondering like, I'd love to pursue God's plan for my life. I just don't know what it is. Well, this is, in the scripture is your answer. It starts by saying no to the world and its way of doing things. You do a complete 180 and you say yes to God. And in that process, God is going to change the way that you think. And when he does this, he's going to reveal his plan for your life, which is good and pleasing and perfect. But it all starts with don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Like who's got to take the first step? You got to take the first step. Don't copy that behavior. Living your life for God is not boring. It's not like some substandard life. You're not missing out on anything. No, like God's plan for your life is good. You get to live with joy and peace, even when the things on the outside aren't going so well. Because, because the work God does on the inside of you is perfect. On the outside, it will never be perfect. But what he does on the inside of you is perfect. He knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what he's doing. You've got to trust him. You have to trust that the instruction he gives you in the Bible is right, and it's good for you, even when the world tells you that their way, their way is more fun. Nope, God's right. I'm believing the word. And here's the next one. Daily release my past. Like, one way to take this to the next level is when you're in that prayer in the morning, you say, God, is there anything in my life that shouldn't be there? And in these moments, the Holy Spirit might reveal, like, some unforgiveness that you've been holding on to or, or that mean thing that you said to your coworker yesterday. And when these things come to mind, you simply say, God, thank you for revealing this to me so that I can bring it out into the open and receive forgiveness. And remember, what you did is not who you are. So every day, take a moment to release those things so that what you did never becomes part of your identity. So start every day making a decision to pursue God's plan for your life and then take it to the next level by just releasing your past. And then there's actually a way to take it to the next level. James 5.16 says, Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. We live in a culture that values individuality. You do you, I'll do me. And on top of this, we have like our devices that give us a false sense of connection with those around us. Everything's surface. Meaningful conversation is really rare today. Yet the Bible tells us to be so real with each other that I confess my sins to somebody else on a regular basis. Well, that sounds weird, doesn't it? We don't do that today. So confessing my sin to God brings forgiveness, confessing my sin to somebody else brings healing. Isn't that good? Let me say it again. Confessing my sin to God is what brings forgiveness, but confessing my sin to a fellow believer is going to bring healing. They go hand in hand. You think, I'll just tell God, but I ain't telling nobody else. No, 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 no. That's not what the word says. You got to do both. And that's why this last one's so important daily invest in godly relationships. If you're not spending time building relationships with others who are pursuing God's plans for their life, you're not going to have somebody that you feel comfortable confessing your sins to. Because I don't know if you realize this, but you don't share your deepest secrets with somebody who you only spend an hour with on Sundays. Like, you just ain't that tight. You ain't that close. You're not sure if you can trust them to encourage you instead of bash you when you tell them that you're, like, struggling with pornography or overeating or whatever it is. You have to build that relationship first before you get to a point where you can confess your sins to each other and find healing. And that's why you got to daily invest in these relationships, because at some point, Trust me, you're gonna need them. You're gonna need them. And this is why small groups exist here at No Limits Church. Every week you get together with about six to eight people and you build these relationships. That's what it's all about. And then you're gonna have people looking out for you. They'll notice when you're headed in the wrong direction and they'll say, hey, come on back over here. Why don't you confess your sins in a safe place and we're gonna help you find healing? You need these relationships. I need these relationships. God designed us to do life together. We can't opt out of it. Seriously, if you want to walk and walk, if you want to find and walk in freedom, you can't opt out of building relationships. You gotta have them. You have to be intentional about building them, and the best way for you to do that is to join a small group and show up every week. Let me show it to you in scripture one more time, Hebrews 3:13. But encourage one another daily so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So daily pursue God's plan for my life daily release my past and daily invest in godly relationships do those three things make them a habit and you'll find and walk in freedom you will let's pray god we thank you for your truth we thank you for your word god you you've updated our thinking today and i'm so grateful for that lord help us to take action on the word that we heard today and And not let it go to the wayside, but let it to, like, go down into the rich, healthy soil and produce a harvest. God, we accept your word. We receive your word. We thank you for your truth. Mm. We thank you for freedom. Lord, bring these things to our minds whenever we're struggling, that we don't have to hide from you, We don't have to hide. We can turn to you even in our darkest moments and you're going to bring light into our lives. You're not going to condemn us. You're not going to shame us. You're not going to make us feel more guilty. No, you're going to bring joy and freedom and refreshment. Let's go ahead and keep your eyes closed. Like maybe you're here today and you realize that you've been living your life without God and you're ready to make a change. Today, you want to put a stake in the ground and say, "Today is the day that I am going to start living my life for God. Today's the day that I turn, that I repent for my sin and turn towards him. I'm not going to call you to the front, but I am going to ask you to take action. If you're ready to make God the leader of your life, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. There's no reason to hide. Just put up your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Awesome. See those hands. We're going to pray a prayer together. And when you pray, the power of Jesus, he's going to make you new. You don't have to worry about everything you've done wrong because he's just going to wash it away. He's just going to wash it away. And because of Jesus, God's going to bring you into his family and give you new life, and you'll get to spend eternity with him. So let's all pray this together. Go ahead and repeat after me, everybody together. God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for showing me love by sacrificing your son. I admit I've done some things wrong. But today I put my faith in Jesus. I receive your forgiveness. I embrace your love. And I choose to follow you from this day forward. Amen. Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give into our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And hey, if you were encouraged by this podcast, hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.